Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blessed and Beautiful Homestead podcast show. I'm so glad you're here with me today. It has been a hot minute since I've been on the podcast show, probably since around Thanksgiving, which right now it's February, so it's been a little bit, but I'm excited to chat with you guys today. And we're just gonna talk about life in general. Like when it throws things at you, throws you those curveballs. Maybe you knew it was coming, maybe it was unexpected, but how do we adapt and overcome to that as wives and mothers and you know, entrepreneurs, like so many of us wear different hats and it can really be tough sometimes to get up off the ground when you've gotten knocked down. So I wanna talk to you guys about that today. My name is Tina and I'm the creator of the podcast and YouTube channel, Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. I love to share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, and all things life with you. This podcast show is a space where we get down and dirty, raw and unfiltered about motherhood, marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. It's a behind the scenes look into our homestead life and my deepest thoughts and convictions as I navigate being a mom and a wife alongside you. I'm so glad you're here and my hope is that I can be a blessing to you. So just when you think you've got everything figured out, the Lord is like, um, yeah, no, not so much. I've got different plans for you. So we just kind of have to sit back and take it in stride sometimes because the reality is we don't really have a choice, right? I mean, life is what life is. And either you roll with the punches and you adapt and overcome, or it's just going to swallow you up. So as you guys know, my last podcast show that I did, I was discussing our cabin in Alaska and our pursuit and uh, dreams for homesteading in Alaska. And that being our forever homestead where we retire when Joe gets out of the military this fall. And I was answering questions and telling you all about our plans. And at the time, our plan was for we were going to sell the house and Joe was going to take me and Parker up to Alaska first. And we were going to get settled in at the cabin and be in Alaska for about seven months by ourselves until Joe joined us in the fall, basically, when he retired. And here we were rolling with this plan, put the house on the market. We actually sold the house. We were renting back from our buyers for a few months. And we even bought the ferry tickets. And we were scheduled to set sail as of March 2022, which is literally in two weeks. This fall, probably actually, it was like the first week of December, um, some unexpected things came up for Joe and I. And I have been more open here on the podcast than I have been in other platforms that I have, just because um, it's more of a safe space where I can speak freely speak my mind. I'm not censored. I don't have to worry about my episodes being deleted um, by, (laughs) you know, woke companies that are trying to censor people. So I do prefer to share more personal things here on this platform. And I've always been a big proponent for sharing my story, sharing mine and Joe's story. And I've had some people say to me, you know, why do you share all your personal business? You know, you shouldn't be sharing all that. You should, you know, this and that. And I've actually had people come at me like that. And first of all, I would like to say that this is my choice. This is my decision. And I don't take any of these episodes lightly. I don't just get on here and speak, you know, off the cuff without 
fully considering what I'm going to be talking about and um, the depth of which I want to talk, right? So it's my choice. And I think that um, I've always said this to you guys, Satan loves secrets and Satan loves people to be living in the dark by themselves and not have a community of people that they can reach up to that has gone through the same thing that they've gone through. I think Satan absolutely loves that. That's how he keeps us in our shame. That's how he keeps us in fear. That's how he keeps us in bondage to our sins. So there are things that I've shared with you guys on this podcast that are so unbelievably personal. Uh, everything I've shared, Joe is well aware of it and has been in agreement with me that our testimony to you guys means more than the embarrassment of mistakes we've made or you know, whatever it may be. I've shared my breast implant story with you guys. I've shared our struggle in our marriage with uh, porn addiction, what that's done to our relationship, how we're working through that still to this day. And yes, those are very personal things, but those are things that have shaped not just our marriage, but has shaped us as human beings. So I want to have a show that people can relate to. Yes, I can share how to ferment sauerkraut. Yes, I can share how to milk a cow, which I probably will do some episodes on things like that as it is a homesteading uh, you know, podcast. But to me, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes of that homestead life than what meets the eye. So those stories that I've shared with you guys, those are just some of them. The raw, the real, the true life that is really going on behind closed doors. So the first week of December, uh, I was basically hit with a bomb. Um, Joe and I have been attending couples counseling with a Christian counselor for about six or seven months. And we have just been diving deeper into our marriage than we ever have before. And I think that this was so necessary. And what's funny is there was a few a few sessions up leading up to this December session where I thought, you know, why don't we just cancel the counseling? Because it's not cheap per session. I didn't really feel like we were getting to the heart of some of the issues that we needed to discuss. And I frankly just started feeling like it was a waste of time and a waste of money. So that very next session, it was as God had heard me speaking this to myself and was like, oh, no, 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 hang in there. I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. Something's coming. And I won't go into like all of the details, the specific details, um, just out of respect for Joe and our marriage. And there are some things that, you know, should stay between the husband and a wife and don't need to be out there for everybody and airing our dirty laundry. But as I shared a little bit on my YouTube channel and have shared with you guys here, we've been married 22 years now. We got married in high school and we joined the military. We've been a military couple our entire adult life. And with all of that comes like major, major challenges, right? We got married as kids. We didn't know how to be married. We didn't know how to raise babies. Then we join the military and we get around this whole crowd of people that are a bad influence on us. Most of them did not believe in the sanctity of marriage and, um, you know, being faithful to your spouse and all the things. And there was many separations and deployments and things happened. You guys, things crept in. Temptation crept 
in to our marriage here and there from time to time. And there's a whole spectrum there um, as far as like temptation and what that means. So it's just that there was also a lot of secrets. And I think in some sense, it was easier just to bury certain things instead of acknowledging that certain things happened and then picking them apart and dealing with the trauma behind the pain, behind the betrayal, and then moving forward towards healing and recovery. So again, we didn't know how to be married. We didn't know how to address these issues or how to sift through them. And so we buried them. So in December, here we are packing, you know, uh, for Alaska house is already sold. Like this is going down. Right. And we have this session with our counselor and, um, it was heavy and some things came out and we started dissecting some of the pain from the past and betrayals that we have done to each other. Um, because I'm not innocent either. Uh, I was young. I was impressionable. Um, I'm not afraid to say it. You guys, I was very hungry for attention. Uh, Joe was addicted to pornography. I never had a father. My father was a deadbeat. He was never there for me. And so longing for that attention, that affection, that acceptance from a male figure was something that I found myself struggling with as a young woman. Now, obviously, I have matured a lot and I can actually look at it from the outside in going, oh man, I, how sad. How sad I was um, at such a young age and impressionable and not realizing, you know, these guys hooting and hollering, doing the things, saying all the things, they didn't care about me. They didn't care one bit about me. (laughs) They had one thing in mind and it wasn't being in love and having babies and making a life, right? That's the last thing they were concerned about. But I didn't know that, right? So... Joe and I have both made mistakes on both ends of the spectrum, right? So those were things that kind of have come out for us to look at on the table and dissect them and go, okay, what was that? Why did that happen? Um, How did it happen? What played into us letting our walls and our barriers down to allow certain things to happen? And now how do we recover from that? Or can we recover from that, right? So, and I just want to preface in the beginning of this podcast, we are just now coming out of uh, having COVID. Our whole family got it the last two weeks. And um, I am very congested, um, very nasally. So I think that you could probably hear that. And I just want to let you know that's why. And so if I have to clear my throat a little bit, <laughs> I take me as I am. Don't know what to say. Uh, we are on the other side of it, though. We are all doing well. And wouldn't you know we didn't die? What? We're still alive. <laughs> I know that COVID hits everybody differently. I am aware. And I know that there are high-risk people that have unfortunately passed away from it. So I'm not minimizing that. But you guys know how I feel about it. You know that the world is in a pandemic of fear right now over a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. And I'm excited to say that Joe and I and Parker are a part of that percentage that survived. And we not only didn't die, it wasn't as bad as they made it out to be. It was not even as bad as the flu. I've had the flu before. 
And this was nowhere near that. So anyway, um, that's why I probably sound a little different today. But back to what I was saying. So here we were in the thick of packing, getting ready to go to Alaska. Joe and I are getting ready to have this seven-month separation. And God, I really feel you guys allowed this specific counseling session to happen when it did. Because I don't believe for one second that God wanted me to go to Alaska by myself. I don't think that he wanted us to be separated at all. Um, and even though, even though I pray and I read my Bible and I've talked so many times about listening to God's voice and letting him open the doors for you, there are still times in life when we can want something so bad that we allow ourselves to be blinded and we almost convince ourselves that, oh, this is what God wants for me. No, it's not what God wants for you. It's what you want for you. So you're just kind of pushing out God's voice or acting like his voice said something that it didn't just to fulfill your fleshly desire, right? And I think in a sense, that's where that decision came from. I wanted to get out of Virginia. You guys know all my reasons, um, my dreams, my goals for Alaska. I wanted to go now. And I was willing to leave my husband for seven or eight months and be by myself up there with Parker in the middle of nowhere in this little 600 square foot cabin. Um, and I think the Lord was like, you know, I don't really think that's a good idea. So it was as if he grabbed me by my shirt collar and shook me and said, wake up. This is not a good situation. And what's funny is we've had so many separations in our marriage because of the military that was completely out of our control. We didn't have a choice when we got separated with boot camp and training or Joe being deployed to Iraq or underway with the boats with the Coast Guard. You know, we didn't have any control over that. But now we do. We have control over whether I was going to go to Alaska without him or not. And here we made the decision to separate our family. And I cannot be more grateful that we did not cancel our counseling sessions and we continued them. Because if we had, Satan would have won. Satan would have gotten what he wanted. I would have left and went to Alaska by myself. Joe would have been in Virginia alone. and. All the things that needed to come up from our past that needed to be dealt with for 20-something years probably never would have come out, ever. I was never going to tell Joe some of the things that I told Joe. And Joe never would have told me some of the things that he divulged to me in that counseling session because it was too hard. It was just easier to act like it didn't happen and cover it up and truck on as if it was all good when it was not all good. It's like an underlying infection in a wound that if you don't address it, it's going to get worse. It's never going to go away. And instead of just having a wound, you're going to end up having to cut your whole arm off <laughs> or dying from it, right? So. I, I just think that Satan was like, oh, yeah, get her out of here. Get her out of here. Like, go to Alaska. Joe stays in Virginia. And that's going to open up more room and opportunity for more temptation. And I will tell you guys, we are 
I feel that we are in such a stronger place now in our marriage than we've ever been when it comes to recognizing temptation, when it comes to recognizing sin, when it comes to recognizing Satan trying to work, right? We recognize and identify that way quicker now than we did back when we got married at 17, 18. Obviously, it it just comes with time. It comes with experience and it comes with mistakes. You learn from your mistakes even the really bad ones. So I told Joe shortly after that counseling session, we were laying in bed one night and I looked at him and I said, I don't want to go to Alaska without you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. We have to cancel ferry reservations, which would require us losing some of the money. They keep a percentage of that when you cancel reservations. It would require So many things logistically, you guys, we had already sold the house and the plan was for Joe and my grandpa to get an apartment here in Virginia temporarily until Joe retired, right? Now we had to get my nampa his own one bedroom apartment and we had to go sign a lease for a totally separate apartment for our family, a two bedroom apartment. So it was like double deposits, double the rent, you know, double the everything. And I don't know, it, it, it was God. That's all I can say is it was God because I did not care about what it was going to take to undo the decision we made. I didn't care what it took logistically. We had to undo it like now, right now. I wasn't going anywhere. And it, it wasn't just the fear of that separation and what that can do to a marriage. It was the fact that I knew we had work to do. We had some serious work to do. And I just felt like we had ignored it long enough. 20 something years, we ignored these issues. And I felt like God was saying, now is the time. Now is the time before you go to your forever home, before you start this new life in Alaska, before you you know wipe the slate clean and start fresh, before you do any of that. Now is the time to deal with the things that you guys never dealt with so that you can leave it in Virginia and not take it with you. It was so bloody clear to me that God was telling me exactly that. Joe agreed with me 100%. Um, He was on board with canceling the plans, me and Parker staying here in Virginia with him until this fall. And I know he just kind of looked at me like, okay, you got this, right? Like we had... Everything lined out, you know, down to the day we were going to hit the road. And here we have to undo all of that. So that's what happened last fall. And emotionally, you guys, I took a hit like really, really bad. There were days that I couldn't get out of bed a few times last December. Oh, it was just really hard. I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with, can we get through the pain? Can we recover from the trauma? Can we learn how to identify and deal with the triggers and the PTSD that comes from being betrayed and being hurt? Can we overcome that? Satan was telling me, no, 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 it's over. It's, there's just too much there. There's too much there. There's not even a, no point in working on it. There's just too much there. It's always going to hurt. You're never going to trust each other. Like, right? He was in my ear. And sometimes I couldn't get out of bed. And 
It was hard being a mom. It was hard homeschooling. It was hard cooking dinner. It was hard doing anything because I was just overcome with sadness. It it was almost like grieving a death, right? When you learn something so traumatic, um, it can feel like you got ran over by a semi truck. So I struggled to uh, keep up with the YouTube channel in December while this was going on. Somehow, some way, I kept it up. You know, the channel has been growing so much. And I know with the algorithm, it's really important to not just drop off the face of the earth and stop posting, stop uploading videos. So we did a lot of day in the lives and things like that. Cook with me, homeschool with me, just trying to keep it light and simple. But the truth is, in the background, you guys, I was dying. I was literally dying inside. So I did mention on my channel uh, to top it off. (laughs) It's like, wow. When all of this came out in December, I got an email from our counselor. Well, from his office. This is literally a week after this intense session that I'm sharing with you guys. And um, it basically said, if you're getting this email, it's because you're a client of so-and-so. And we need to inform you that you know, our counselor basically had to take an unexpected emergency leave of absence. And I was like, okay, whoa, 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 what? Basically said he would not be back for more sessions until February right now. So at the time that this happened, that was two months away. So here, this bomb dropped in our lap. All this stuff from the past came out. We were finally honest with each other. And then like, he just like rolled out and had to go on emergency leave. Like, I get it. God only knows what if his mom died or something, right? I don't begrudge the guy having to take emergency leave. But for me, emotionally, I was like, what do we do? We don't even know what to do. We do not know what to do with what is sitting in our lap right now. So it was really hard. And it was really interesting trying to get through those two months with Joe and processing some of the things that we had discovered um, with each other and only with each other. And again, God is funny that way. I, I feel like a, a sense was that God was like, I need you to depend on me right now. I need you to depend on me and I need you to depend on Joe and I need Joe to depend on you because that's the triangle. God is the head, and then it's the husband and the wife. Like, that is the triangle, not a counselor, not a friend, nothing. It's like, we need to figure out this triangle and repair this foundation. Um, So maybe that's why God allowed things to happen the way they did, because we literally had nobody to count on but each other during that time. So... We immediately started preps for, okay, we're not going to Alaska right now. So I immediately canceled the ferry tickets. Uh, We did lose money on that. Not much, thank God. I think it was like just over $400, which is nothing in comparison to the cost of the reservation. So to me, I would have paid $5,000 if that meant I stayed here in Virginia with Joe. So we did do that. We got the apartments rented. We finished getting through the holidays. We got Nampa moved into his apartment. We got ourselves moved into our apartment. And that in of itself was an adjustment because it's not something that I expected. 
You guys, we've been homesteading for like five or six years now. For five or six years, we've lived out in the country. We've had our animals, our gardens. Like that is the lifestyle that we live. And for anybody that has ever homesteaded or is homesteading, you you probably can relate to the fact that you can't go back to what you used to do. Like I haven't lived in an apartment in the city since Joe and I first got married. And to move into this tiny apartment surrounded by people um, where all I hear is ambulances and car horns and doors slamming and people talking in the breezeway and, you know, all these things all around me. Going to that from living out in the country um, in the peace and quiet, it's just been a huge adjustment. We're going on a month now that we've been living in the apartment. And while it has gotten easier, it has been hard. And as soon as we moved in here, COVID hit. We all got sick with COVID and I'm st- we're still recovering. Um, the energy level, oh my gosh, it's just drained us, all of us. So that's been challenging. And then we had to put our dog striker down, our 10-year-old uh, Dalmatian. He's been our family dog for 10 years since Parker uh, was born. And it was like this all happened in like a month, in a month. I honestly don't know how I'm still like, you know, sane. It's been a crazy roller coaster of emotions, but I feel so much peace in the fact that I'm here and that we made the decision to stick together as a family. So that's kind of what has transpired in the last month or so. And it's just been crazy, a crazy roller coaster of emotions. So it's like, what do we do with that when life just happens? What do we do when we're hit with things like that? You guys, we have to lean in to God. And I don't say that to sound cliche or there was times in December when I couldn't get out of bed that I literally would cry and pray over and over again. God, please help me. God, please help me. Please give me strength. Lord Jesus, give me strength. God, please help me. Help me get out of bed, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. Like, I literally was begging for him to step in and lift me up because I couldn't get up on my own. It makes me think of the story of Job in the Bible. And you guys are probably familiar with that. But, you know, Job was hit like, you know, left, right, left, right, uppercut, like (laughs) knee to the face. I mean, Job was just hit with so much horror, loss of family members, sickness, losing his uh, crops, losing everything that he had. And I just think of when the Bible tells us that God will never give us more than we can handle. And sometimes I think that we don't believe that. We're like, no, I, this is it. Like, I can't handle this. This is too much. But obviously, if God is allowing us to walk through that, he's telling you that you got this. You can handle it as long as you lean on me for your strength, you know? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, right? We are walking through the shadow, you guys. Every single one of us, no matter where we are in life, whether it's in our marriage, raising children, dealing with what's going on in the culture, we are walking through the shadow of death because this world is evil. Satan is evil. He is on the prowl 
The Bible says Satan prowls the earth like a lion looking for who he can devour day in and day out. So it's like we have to lean into God for that strength. And sometimes it legitimately takes you telling yourself, no, girl, get up, get up. Like I started going on really long walks with Parker every day, almost three miles every day. I started going back to the gym. I started taking a bubble bath once or twice a week, which is something I really love, but I never give myself the permission to take 20 minutes to myself to soak in a bubble bath. Can you tell me why, please? Because every time I get out, I feel like a whole new woman. (laughs) I started taking a bubble bath a couple times a week, like just doing some things that would help relieve my stress that I was having. And then with the emotional side and the depression, looking at your diet and your your nutrition, uh, your nutrition definitely affects your brain and the way that you feel, your energy levels, all the things. And the same thing with working out. You know, working out releases endorphins and it gives you that feel good feeling, that hormone. So I know this, I'm not stupid. So these were things I started implementing for myself over the last couple months just to mentally help myself get out of that rut that I was in. So Joe and I are actively still working, doing our sessions, and we actually have a three day intensive. Um, kind of like a retreat that we are doing with our counselor uh, where we go out and stay for three days. And it is literally an intensive three-day counseling session where we do lots of different things to kind of work through the trauma from the past, rebuilding, working through the communication, just all the things. And I feel like God was like, you need to stay here. You need to stay here where you are and not go to Alaska, because not only did all this come out now, now you've got work to do to recover from that and to develop and identify tools that can help us have even a stronger marriage. So we have the next seven and a half months until Joe retires and we leave for Alaska to work, you know, hard with our counselor and with each other to get us in a better place. And even when we get to Alaska, we can continue virtual sessions with our counselor. And I think that that's probably a good idea to maintain that for some time, even after we get to Alaska. But it's just funny, you guys, how things work out. Like, um, I never would have thought all of this would have happened in the last couple of months. And it's kind of hard with having the podcast and the YouTube channel um, to act as if life is not happening because life is happening. And sometimes it affects me in a way that affects my work and affects my ability to do certain things. So it's been really interesting trying to navigate that. I wanted to take a quick second just to chat with you guys about um, my perspective as a woman and a wife about temptation. Like you look at the world that we're living in. Um, it's a fallen world, right? It is completely a fallen world. How do you maintain your faithfulness in a fallen world? You know, this really comes from what has just happened with Joe and I. And if I could help anybody out there, especially a younger wife that doesn't have the experience or doesn't know, I can share my experiences and say, hey girl, like this is what you need to look out for. 
Trust me when I say you need to look out for this. <laughs> Trust me when I say don't do this, don't do that, or do this or do that because I've been there and I could save you a lot of heartache. And it's kind of a catch-22. It's like raising kids, right? Your kids are always like, I know, mom, I know, mom, right? They think they know everything until they get older, they move out of the house, and then they call you and they're like, wow, you were so right. I wish I would have listened to you. So I don't know who's going to hear this today. I don't know who this is going to help, but I feel like the Lord is telling me to just kind of speak to this a little bit. So I joined the military super young and I basically, you guys allowed myself to be put in a lot of positions that were not good for me. That a married woman had no business being in. And if there was one thing I could say, whether it's porn addiction, whether it's infidelity, whether it's just, you know, chatting with the guy at the office that you sit next to and have lunch with, or just the the homie that you've been texting that, you know, you shouldn't be texting him because, you know, your husband would get upset, or maybe the text conversation is going in a direction that you probably shouldn't be going in. Like if your husband saw it, it's not something he'd be happy about. Like you guys know what I'm talking about. We are not stupid. God gave us a gut and he gave us intuition for a reason. So the second that you start feeling that that feeling in your tummy that's like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have gone here and I shouldn't have allowed him to say this to me. All those things. The second you start having that feeling, you have got to put the brakes on. Immediately. Do not hem haw about it. Do not justify it. Don't sugarcoat it and make excuses for why you're doing what you're doing. If it's wrong, you know it's wrong because you've got an intuition for a reason. And the mistakes I've made in my marriage, every single one of them, I can relate back to me allowing myself to be in a position, whether that was an environment like a bar or a club or being around somebody that was hitting on me and, you know, making comments or that was single or even that was married that had a a reputation for not being faithful, like that was hitting on me. Like I allowed myself to be put in positions that I should have never been in because if I would have protected my space and not been there or not allowed that person in my space, then I never could have made some of the mistakes that I've made. So that's the biggest thing. Your spouse should be your best friend. Yes, it's healthy for you to have girlfriends. Yes, your husband should have friends and he goes and plays basketball or works under the hood of the car with his homie. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have friends and have outside relationships, but your husband should be your homie. Your husband should be your ride or die. Joe and I do everything together. Some people aren't like that. Everybody's different. I'm not saying our way is the best. I'm just saying we do everything together. Um, And we've just always been that way. But those deployments, those separations, Satan would put certain people in my path to detour me from what was right, to tempt me, and to, to get me off the path that I should have been on. Back then, I didn't recognize it as well as I do now. 
I can smell a hood rat when a hood rat it walks by me. You know what I'm saying? I can smell it. Like I've had men say, oh, are you married? And I say, yes. I mean, I've got a ring on my finger. Duh. You know, and the next thing they say, seriously, you guys. Oh, well, I mean, are you happily married? I've actually had a guy tell me that in a bar one time. And it's like, what exactly does that mean? So I said I'm married. That should be enough. But now you want to know if I'm happily married. So what does that mean? If I'm, if I'm unhappily married, then what, you got a chance? That's, that's what it is. It's like in this culture today, marriage means nothing. And it's almost a challenge for men to try to get with married women or married women to try to get with, or women to try to get with married men. It's a sick culture that we're living in. And I'm telling you, you have to take extreme measures to protect yourself and protect your marriage. And these extreme measures are going to look funny and weird and radical to the people around you because most of the people around you are submerged in this wicked culture that we're living in. So for example, I do not do anything alone with another man. I don't do anything like that. Back in the day, uh, I've had guys over at my house before when Joe was deployed and stuff. Just friends, you know, or going to the gym together or so-and-so, I gave so-and-so a ride here or there, or I was on duty with somebody in the military and I allowed myself to sit in the watch room and hang out with them and chit-chat even when duty was over. That is completely 100% inappropriate. It's inappropriate. If you feel like you're hanging out with somebody too much and those, that emotional connection is starting or maybe it's already there, that is a red flag. And you have to have the ability to cut it off and cut it off now because it will develop into something that you will regret. Satan is using that person in your life as a pawn to detour you. So, you know, I do not message with men on Facebook. I do not message with men through email. I don't text guys uh, that don't know my husband. Those are just some of the boundaries that we have. And I'll tell you guys, for me, I've talked to you guys a lot about my choice to get out of the military because I wanted to be a full-time mom, right? That was my biggest motivator. But I didn't know then, but I do know now, Getting out of the military was the best thing that I could have done for myself and for my marriage. Satan used the military to tempt me every time I turned around. There wasn't a unit that I was stationed at the whole time I was in the military, starting from boot camp, where some guy wasn't trying to get in my pants. And I'm just being raw with you guys. And some of them didn't hold back. They didn't, try to, they didn't try to sugarcoat it and come in softly. No. There wasn't one unit that I can think of, Army or Coast Guard, where Satan didn't use people to try to tempt me into being unfaithful with my husband. It was a bad situation. 
You've got late duty nights with these people. You're underway for hours. You're in close quarters with them. Sometimes when I was at the small boat station, I was on duty for two days, off duty for two days, every other weekend on duty. We cooked at the station together, late nights playing cards together. No, it's like, go to bed. Eight, nine o'clock rolls around, you leave everybody in the mess deck and you go to bed. You take a shower and you go to bed. When you're sitting on the couches together watching TV in the mess deck, you don't sit all up on some guy. I mean, I'm just being real with you guys. These are things that I recognized when I was in the military. You know, there used to be a girl at our station and she was very touchy-feely with the guys, whether they were married or not. She was the one that would be like, oh, <laughs> tap them on the shoulder. She would actually come up behind the guys that were sitting on the couch watching TV in the mess deck, and she would give them back massages. Okay? Can we say Jezebel up in her? Okay? <laughs> um, most of the guys there were married. and. Can you imagine like if my husband was sitting on that couch and old girl came up, started giving him a back rub? Like, look, sister. Okay. I mean, it's just like this environment of, you know, she was single. She was young, obviously very attention hungry, but this just an environment of that. It seems in the military, you have a lot of young kids that join the military, all of a sudden have this freedom, have this money from a paycheck, going out partying, everybody's drinking, pornography is just something you do, infidelity is just something you do. Everybody covers it up when you're underway, you pull into port, what, stay, what happens underway stays underway. Like that is the mentality of most of the people in the military and the experiences that Joe and I have had at the units that we've been at. So it's definitely, um, it was just was not good for me and it wasn't good for our marriage. So getting out of the military brought me home. So I'm no longer surrounded by that crowd of people. I'm, you know, even when I got out of the military, I got a civilian job for two years working as a contractor for the military. And now I'm not in a uniform, I'm in business casual, right? So I'm doing my hair and makeup every day. I'm, you know, I always dress nicely and I can't even tell you how many civilian men in the building would try to hit on me in the coffee room knowing I was married. <laughs> I mean, it is everywhere you go. So you have to protect yourself. Like if you're going to the gym, the gym is another place. Now I go to the gym, so I'm not saying don't go to the gym, but I'm saying you need to protect yourself in the gym because a lot of the people at the gym, a lot of the guys and girls are there to try to pick up people. So no, no side conversations with the homie that's been giving you the googly eyes on the treadmill. No. And sometimes, ladies, you got to get downright freaking rude. That is period, point blank. Downright rude. Because if you try to be nice and you don't want to hurt their feelings and, well, he's a nice guy. He's just a little touchy-feely or, you know, he's always like chit-chatting with me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be mean. Uh-uh. Be mean. Be mean. Be like, I'm married. What are you doing? Make them feel stupid. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't, they will take that as you inviting them in. 
to continue doing what they're doing. Now, thankfully, Joe was always with, uh, when he was in the military, he was stationed in all male commands or units. So, you know, he wasn't out there on uh, military boats that were uh, co-ed with females. So thankfully, not that I would, you know, think Joe would do anything with a female. It's just that temptation is there. And you also have these trifling little females on there that, mm, that's just what they do. I mean, Y'all, I'm not making this up. Any of you listening to this that are in the military, you know where I'm coming from and you know everything I'm saying is like 100% accurate. For those of you that have never been in the military, you might think I'm over-exaggerating. Like, oh my gosh, it's not really that bad. No, it's that bad. It's that bad. Like, it's that bad. Trust me. Everybody is sleeping with everybody. Everybody's getting pregnant. Everybody's getting a divorce when they get back into port. Like, that's just how it is. It's, it's a very... Uh, sick culture and environment to be in. So I'm grateful that Joe was never uh, in a unit where he was stationed with females. So that was, you know, never an issue for him. But we've always had boundaries. You know, Joe knows like you don't be given like the little private, the little seaman a ride home in my car. Like there was a girl that used to try to get Joe to give her a ride home from the base. She was grown. She had children. She was halfway decent looking. And one day I get in the car and my seat in the passenger seat is moved from my position that it's always in. So I'm like, why is my seat moved? And he's like, oh, I gave so-and-so a ride home. And I'm like, first of all, I know this girl. I've heard all about her on the base. I know what she's like and it's not good. So don't ever put her in my car again by yourself ever. And The thing is, is the culture would like you to believe that you're a jealous wife or a jealous girlfriend. Oh, you're so insecure. You're jealous. No, no, no. Because that is a door, an invitation for temptation and for things to happen that shouldn't happen. And if he never allowed that opportunity or that situation to occur, then there would never be the chance for something to happen that shouldn't be going on. So just like I would never put a man in my vehicle, He shouldn't be putting some female, especially one with that kind of a reputation, in our vehicle. And um, you're grown, girlfriend. Go get a car. You're in the military. You got money. Or call an Uber. (laughs) My husband is not your Uber, okay? So no, I am not a jealous wife at all. I'm not insecure in, in those aspects. I have just been around the block a time or two in the last 22 years of my married life that I know better. So... You know, I really could go on for so long on this topic, but I just wanted to encourage you to protect your space. And if your spouse is doing things that is making you uncomfortable or that you think is inappropriate, that is your gut. That is your intuition that God gave you for a reason. Don't suppress that. Don't ignore that. Sit down with your spouse and say, hey, you know, Lately, you've been doing this, or I noticed you've been texting so-and-so a lot, or, you know, it's just making me uncomfortable. Like, your spouse should be responsive to that, but you've got to vocalize that because if the feeling is there that something is off, 99.9% of the time, it is for a reason. So don't shut that voice down because God gave you that. Um, for these kind of situations. So I just wanted to encourage you. Um, Listen to that gut intuition when it comes to your relationship, but also 
protect yourself and put boundaries up around yourself to not fall into temptation because you're not going to have anybody else in this culture telling you, hey, girl, don't do that. Like, you probably shouldn't be talking to that guy. I mean, you're married and you guys have been talking a lot. Like, why are you guys talking so much? Uh Uh-uh. Ain't nobody going to do that. In this culture, you find girls that are doing it themselves. And it's like there's power in numbers, right? Misery loves company. That's hanging out with people that are a bad influence that aren't where you want to be. You know, if you're married and you're hanging out with nothing but single people that want to go to the club and the bars all the time, that's probably not a good friendship. They're not in the life position that you're in. You should be hanging out with other married couples that are Christian oriented, that have morals and ethics and believe in the sanctity of marriage. That's who you need to strive to hang out with and finding good couples to hang out with from church groups or, you know, just neighbors or people that you find in your life, but that are in the same life position as you is probably a good place to start. So I wish 20 something years ago, I had somebody sit down with me and just have this discussion with me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It could have saved me a lot of heartache. Um, but I didn't, I was 17 when I married Joe and I had to learn things the hard way, but I'll tell you guys what, on the other side of it, I can tell you, I love Joe more today than I ever have. And I just ran into Parker's daycare lady, uh, from when he was like a baby. He was with this daycare lady from the time he was like one year old until he was like four or five when I got out of the military and became a stay-at-home mom. So her name was Kathy. Kathy was like his grandma, the best daycare lady ever. Um, I just ran into her at TJ Maxx just the other day, and I haven't seen her in probably five years. And she looked very skinny and um, older, just very older. And I, of course, was like, Kathy, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh. And she gives Parker a hug and gives me a hug. And I'm like, how are you? And she just looked rough. And she's like, it's been a hard year. It's this year's been hard, Tina. And she said that like four or five times. And I didn't want to say, well, what's going on, Kathy? Like, I don't like to pry. If you want to share, I'm going to be there for you. But I'm certainly not going to pry. And she basically ended up telling me and Joe and TJ Maxx that her husband just died. Um, he died of lung cancer. He was a heavy smoker. They were married for over 40 something years. You guys, she married him when she was 17. Her story was our story. Like they were high school sweethearts. And we probably talked for like 40 minutes in TJ Maxx and we both cried. And I left there not able to really focus on the rest of our evening because I was so emotional and sad for Kathy just thinking of her being in that house by herself after all these years. Um, But it made me reflect on mine and Joe's marriage and where we are right now. And I'm trying not to get emotional. You guys know I always get emotional. It made me reflect on where we are right now because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Sometimes you got to water the grass you got because everybody is going to have faults. 
no marriage is perfect. You leave this person to go with this person. And yes, maybe now you don't have this issue, but you're going to have another issue. That's just the way it is. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't um, reasons that warrant a separation or a divorce. You will not hear me say that, right? Um, Obviously, if there is consistent infidelity, if there is abuse, things like that, I fully do not think that God would expect you to stay in that kind of a relationship. But I'm I'm not talking about those things. I'm I'm talking about life in general, right? The grass is not greener on the other side. And if I gave up 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would not be with Joe where we are today. I wouldn't have been around long enough to see the other side of this. So In a sense, I'm grateful for everything that we've been through because it's molded us and shaped us into the people that we are today. And if I can't do anything else, obviously I can't change my past, right? Joe can't change his past, but maybe I can use our mistakes and the things we've learned to impact someone else and help them not have to go through some of the painful things that we went through because my God, it's been painful sometimes. But I just was so grateful to run into Kathy because I thought, here she is. You know, they lived their life. He passed away, her best friend, and now she's all alone. And I just kind of looked at Joe and I the whole rest of the evening because we went out to dinner and I just was kind of looking at him in awe of him, like thanking God that we have not given up on each other because it is worth fighting for. It really, truly is. And in this culture, it's it's like a pandemic in itself of divorce. People just don't stick around. It's like for better or for worse meant nothing. Like, what did you think that meant? That didn't mean while things were easy. It didn't mean while things were good. It didn't mean while it was hot and heavy and, and sexual and like exciting. And because that all fades away. And you have to strive every single day to keep it exciting, keep it relevant, keep it intimate, keep connected. And sometimes you've got to cut out all the noise around you and focus only on your spouse to get back to where you should be. So I'm grateful for it all. I'm grateful for the journey. As hard as it has been, as much as we have a lot more work to do, right, over the next few months for sure, um, I'm just grateful that we made the decision to stay together. And I'm talking through our whole marriage and even now, not going to Alaska by myself, but waiting for Joe and going to Alaska together as a family. I just feel peace about that. I believe that God lets everything happen for a reason. And I think this was more his will for us at this time. So anyway, I hope that that was helpful to you. I hope it was encouraging. Um, Life is hard, you guys. Marriage is hard. Raising babies is hard. But it's all worth it. And there's so many great memories that come out of that. And that's just life, right? So we've got to take the good with the bad, roll with the punches, lean into God, and Sometimes you got to talk to yourself, right? Just, girl, we're going to get it today. We're going to get it. We're going to be all right, (laughs) right? I mean, I literally talk to myself sometimes. So, all right, you guys, I'm going to go for now. I hope you enjoyed this show today. I always love hanging out with you here on the podcast. 
If you guys aren't following me over on social media yet, check me out on Facebook and Instagram. It's Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. And then if you haven't seen the YouTube channel, that is also Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. I upload every week over there, lots of videos of the family and uh, you know the new apartment stead and how all that's going. So take care everybody and I will see you on the next show.